Hey, how's it going, brother? What's up, coach? How are you? Good morning. Doing good. How are you doing? Man, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm super pumped to be uh, talking to you today. <laughs> Likewise. First... Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is actually the first time uh, we've ever conversated, um, at least uh, in voice, because it's always yeah, been cool. over DM, right? Mm-hmm. Dope. Uh, so how, how have you been uh, as a trainer um, in the it's past been rough, man. Weeks? You know, as with anyone doing the, you know, one-on-one or even group training, personal trainers. Okay. So um, everything's been over online, Zoom. Um, what, what's been the deal? Well, I had to move over. I don't really um, – I never did online coaching before. Yes. I just didn't find efficiency in it. But, yes. you know, uh, you're going to have to adapt with the situations, I guess, right? <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, so – uh, I was first, uh, I was kind of thinking back to uh, when we first connected. I'm not quite sure how we got connected, but uh, uh, I have a couple ideas. Um, uh, it seems like you used to uh, train out of Vino Systems. That's okay, correct. Cool. What's your relationship uh, over there? How did that get started? Um, I'm actually friends with the okay. owner over there, Alvin. Oh, cool. And then also on the boxing side, PJ. I don't know if you know him. I actually got to your instagram i landed on your page through him he posted on his story yes i do remember and tagged you yeah yeah, yeah that's awesome because uh, uh i've actually never met, met coach pj uh but mm-hmm. i great guy found out about vino systems and pj um and uh j mike because um one of my uh, original clients uh, angelica is uh friends mm-hmm. with them and uh, she was always talking about it, so that's kind of how we got connected so uh, are you were That's you guys awesome. friends growing up, or how, what's the story with that? Yeah, well, I mean, we knew each other before. Oh. You know, we had mutual friends. We did hang okay, out. Okay, cool, awesome. And how long were you at Vino Systems for? Uh not too long, actually. Okay, maybe like six, seven months. Okay. Yeah. And then so, and now you're training out of a self-made training facility in OC, correct? Cool. Yeah. What, what was yeah. the reason for the move over there? Well, a lot of the people that were inquiring for personal training it just landed in that area. It was just more convenient. Got it. You know. Oh, so you don't um, actually so... live over there? I live in Fullerton. So oh, okay. It's a halfway either Got way. So, I mean, as, as far as distance goes, it's just more the people that were interested in the personal training got it got it we're over in the orange area um cool so could you kind of take a uh kind of give us a a background as to uh, how you got started uh with fitness i'm not quite sure if it was lifting first boxing first like whichever one came first just kind of give us a little backdrop it was it was a lot of back and forth man i actually started with boxing i grew up in gardena i started over there and then I ended up actually ended up getting all blacklisted by the coach over there. Oh, how come? What, where did you go? They had a, uh, it's called, it was just the boxing okay. gym, Harbor City. Okay. Yeah. But um, I started over there, got blacklisted. You can't, um, they had a rule where you can't get into any street fights oh. or any fights in, outside the gym, period. Oh, got right. it. Um, I was young okay. then, you know. A lot, a lot stupider than I am now. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, um, we all have our moments, you know. Yeah, yeah. It turned out I got blacklisted. I tried going to the other gyms. He had connections with the other coaches in the area. I got blacklisted everywhere. Oh my god! So I, yeah, actually stopped boxing almost ten years. Oh wow, that's crazy. But within that time frame, I got into weight training in sophomore year. Okay. And didn't really stop since then. Wow. What was the catalyst that got you to start lifting? Um, I don't know, man. I, I always saw these big guys walking around. I was like, you know what? I want to get as big as uh, In school or in magazines or? Yeah, okay. in school. Oh, okay. In school. That's crazy. Because, um, yeah. I mean, when I, uh, I went to Van Nuys High School in the Valley, I mean, uh, group, I mm-hmm. am a native of Craytown, but back then, um, you know, there was a lot of gang problems in the 90s, so we all got kind of busted out to a lot of magnet schools, and a lot of more in yeah, the valley, yeah. and um, I don't remember any really jacked dudes walking around. I don't know, maybe it's the area, but... Uh, well, it's more like, I grew up with um, a lot of Samoans oh, in the school. Oh, okay. 
was like, man, and you know, to be honest, can I cuss yeah, on yeah, here? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's some big motherfuckers, man, like real big. And then no one really fuck with them like that. And I was like, man, because uh, Asians, especially Koreans, you know, like the smaller yes. Asians, were a minority over there in Gardena. Oh. Time. And, and I didn't know this, but man, is, uh, is, is it a thing? Uh, are there a lot of Samoans in Gardena? I just didn't maybe know about it. Uh, while I was okay. there, not not anymore. There's a lot of uh, Blacks, Hispanics, not too many Asians. Okay. Quite a bit of Filipinos. Okay, so. quite a bit of Fili- Okay, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so are were these Samoans, uh, were they football players? Were they Or were they just lifting just to lift? I don't, to be honest, I don't even know if they lift. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like, I just knew we had to lift like and eat to like get block, big. You know what I mean? Yeah, these guys are huge. Oh, that's cool, man. So, when you yeah. first stepped into a gym, was it at um, was it like a school gym or was it an actual like big box gym? And who did you go with? Uh, when I first started yep. lifting. It was actually at my friend's house in his living room. He had a makeshift uh-huh. bench. It was just like a regular bench to sit on. And then he had um, installed like little rails to hold up a broomstick. Okay. <laughs> and on each end, it was rice bags. Oh, okay. That's like some straight and we're just, right there. <laughs> yeah, we're just benching day in, day out every fucking wow, day. Wow, okay. Yeah. Eventually, we got a garage gym and then... After high school is when I took it serious. Started uh, signing up for like twenty four gold. Got games. it. And um, so when you, you know, when you were first lifting those rice bags, uh, kind of sounds like somebody would do during this quarantine time. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what was your like initial thought that got you so hooked on it? Uh, it wasn't until after high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, towards the end of high school is when I started, um, you know, messing around with drugs, okay. hanging around with, uh, you know, the wrong crowd, or whatever it. you want to call it. Um, and during those times, I, I kept on lifting, but it really latched on to me because it naturally just became an outlet for me. Got it. You know, and, and that's all I was thinking about, drugs and then doing stupid shit. Got it. And lifting. And aside from that, it was, it was just weight training. Got it. Uh, so were you equally into weight training as with the other activities? What do you mean? Uh, like, what, so what were you equally both into all the other stuff that you were doing outside of gym and lifting? Like, was it like an equal attention or was it still all the other stuff? Was... Oof, that's hard to say, man. It was more of a push and pull. Uh, Very, uh, it was a blur moment in my life for me. Got it. I don't, it's not very clear at all. You know what the crazy um, thing is? I feel like uh, just, you know, what really attracts people to the gym in general is uh, it's such a great place for an outlet. Like nobody, like number one, you don't need to talk to nobody, right? If you don't want to talk to nobody, you could just go in, hit the weights and leave, you know? And um, the funny thing is Mm, I started out of a lot of, you know, depression and anger and whatnot. And, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, it just, it makes you feel normal, you know, and you can let out all your aggression and feel, it it was just so much, such, it was so much therapy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So, so you were doing that. So you didn't get serious until high school. Uh, So you were kind of like in this limbo state for about what, two years or so? When did you really start to get serious? Oh, man. 23. 23 okay 20 yeah about when i was 23 so it was quite some time too and then i actually had a like a couple years where i was like basically homeless okay and then i wasn't really thinking about the gym at the time and that really put me in like a downward spiral mm-hmm. after that i just it makes more sense once you don't have something yes you know I mean? no absolutely i think I like, um real how weight training is to me I'm, got it I mean, even right now, uh, during this Corona time, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, I wonder how the world's going to be different when we go back to quote unquote normal, where you get to go to work Mm -hmm. and you get to go to the gym, how much more appreciative people will be of the things that they might have complained about before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's a little scary too though because you do start to think about like the people that kind of just lose it completely yes you know like the people that are starting to you know they started to get into fitness at this time and then you know you take that break from it you lose that momentum you lose the drive and it's just gone completely yes as for someone who has completely embraced that before, they're willing to come back and go through the grinding. Yes. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm really starting to see, you know, who's about it, who's not. Uh, I'm not judging um, or anything, but, you know, because the people that are really about it, like they're finding any way possible to stay active. You know, it's not yeah. even about, you know, I feel like right now it's not even about, oh, am I getting gains or like, am I shredding out? Like, it's not even none of that. It's like, yo, I need to stay staying. <laughs> you know, like, I need to like not go yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's just a lot of people don't associate the, the physical training with mental training. It's, it works both ways, you know? I, I absolutely it agree. It feeds into each other. Um, I, I think for such a, the longest time, and, it, you know, they, the fitness industry still does this which is equating like looks and confidence to, to, you know, fitness. But, you know, I, I get it. Cause that's exactly the reason why I started, but that goal in itself, I just don't feel like is a, it's not something that's going to really keep all of us going super long-term, you know? Yeah. yeah. At this point I'm like, yo, like I want to, I want to be stronger, literally physically stronger. And I also want to be mentally strong as well too. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, um, you know, do you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast? Occasionally, okay. yeah. Uh, there was, uh, there was, I don't know who he was talking to, which is not important, but he was mentioning that, you know, there is a huge correlation between people that work out and people that are able to do just better in life in general, you know, to be able to take on stress of life. Because that's mm -hmm. really what lifting is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Cool. As with as with like almost any other exercise. Yeah, yeah. Know, it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be lifting. To be... Uh, so just for mm -hmm. the audience out there, when I say lifting, it could be anything. It could be running. It could be yoga, CrossFit, boxing, Muay Thai, whatever your choice of weapon is. Um, cool. So yeah. you started getting real serious around like twenty three. Um, did you ever have a trainer, or were you just kind of homegrown, taught uh, between you and your friends? Self-taught, man. Um, boxing, I learned the fundamentals at the boxing gym. But okay. After after that, everything was self-taught, including weight training. You okay. Know, of course, I had um, quite a bit of mentors inside the mm -hmm. gym. I had, you know, well-seasoned lifters that I would talk to, you know, try to get pointers and stuff. But mostly self-taught, yeah. Got it. Okay. And um, uh, was this more out of like, uh, you know, I think being self-taught, it, it's, you know, it, that's the idea is pretty crazy. I mean, it sounds simple, but to, to really teach yourself something is just years and years of hard work and experimentation. Sure, so. um, was this, yeah. was this process of teaching yourself, was it more frustrating or was it more fun? Um, I would like to say it was fun the whole time, <laughs> but I'd be lying at that point, man. Those, yeah, there were times where it was just like, damn. You feel lost at times, you know, if if you don't have anyone going like, okay, that's the wrong way. You need to go this right. way. And if you're, you hit this wall or you're walking this, this path where you're just like, you're not seeing any progress or you don't see the end goal in it. You don't know what you're doing. It's just, you have no energy. It just saps the shit out of you. Ab right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, it's like, it's mm -hmm. like, uh, you know like driving but you don't know where you're going so like okay so should i speed up should i slow down like am i near am i close like there's, there's a lot of questions going on um yeah it's like quicksand too the more you think about it the more you get fucked up <laughs> absolutely um <laughs> i saw a picture of you on instagram i think it was like a triple like a triple collage thing where you were like you were skinny then you were like overweight uh it was a hard gainer overweight and then you know in oh shape, yeah like, yeah 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 kind of <laughs> like describe that um that post for me because i think a lot of people will look at you now and be like oh man yo like this korean got the good genes <laughs> you know what i mean or he... well that was that was one of the main reasons uh behind the post everyone always they kind of just assumed that i was always right. big um 
yeah, I'll, I'll show them. Like, there, there were stages in my life where people were like, yeah, you're always big, which is, you know, they knew me when I was a little mm-hmm. overweight. And then there were other people who were like, okay, they understood that I was skin and bones at, at one time. I'd be eating nonstop, and then I would not gain anything, wow. you know? So, um, so, so you were eating tons, though? Um, not as much as I thought. I'm, in my head, I was like, I'm eating a lot because I would just be full. And then before I was hungry again, I'd eat God, again. God. So just but a pretty, pretty it, normal, like, teenage boy that's just growing up and just, just eating, eating up a storm. Yeah, I didn't have that discipline, though. It, it was after a while I realized I, I had to kind of force feed, in a sense. It sounds no, crazy. No, no, that's like modern-day problems right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, right? you know, uh, I this is something I used to do, and I also heard a lot from other people as well, too, like, so the hard gainer in the gym, um, you know, complains about, oh, I got to eat so much. And then the other person that goes, you know, I could like, I could drink water and look at a piece of bread and gain weight. It's just, you know, it's all different challenges. You know, nobody has it easier than another person. Yeah. But if it comes, when it comes down to it, it's all in the head. It's just, we create that barrier inside of our head that limits us to do certain things. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. So yeah. uh, I think this is a really good topic to kind of sit on. Um, you know, we kind of create a lot of barriers for ourselves mentally and create, you know, make something harder than it really is, or, you know, make something seem to be impossible when it's very possible. How do you kind of, you know, uh, teach your clients not to do that? Yeah. Um, Damn, dude, because this is it's a daily struggle for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I do preach that in any okay. way. Okay, okay. So let's then you know. let me rephrase the question now. How do you how do you mitigate that for yourself? Uh, I I spend quite a bit of time in the morning. I just wake up. Um, Doing what? Try to see where my okay. life's at. I do a lot of okay. reading. Yeah, a lot of the like self improvement books and how to reprogram the brain type okay. thing. Um a lot of this actually um derived from watching the Joe Rogan podcast. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I think you know, a lot of people wanna say, Oh, Joe just got really famous because he was famous. I mean, he was somewhat famous, but he wasn't like crazy famous. He was the fear factor yep. guy. Everyone knew him as he the, was fear the fear factor, factor guy. <laughs> and then he started the podcast. Um, and I think one of the original episodes that he did was like with Audrey, uh, Aubrey Marcus, who owns On It. And mm-hmm. at that time, he was selling like like flashlight masturbators and shit like that. Like, you know, and then he became the UFC commentator. Mm-hmm. But my main point is, I think the reason why he became so famous was because he he creates a lot of value for his audience. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, like, hey, hear me talk, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So are there, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you do for yourself in the morning, but are there like two things that you can share with the audience that maybe they can incorporate into their uh, morning routine to kind of help improve mm-hmm. their lives? Just keep it simple, man. Just wake up, you know, down a glass of water, go on a run clears your head sets you up for the day i feel like okay nice so wake up it's very what time simple, do you wake man, up in the morning it, uh that varies sometimes i, ha- I have trouble sleeping okay. man but for the most part i'll be up at six okay got yeah. six so you wake up I try to no matter what time i go ahead okay so you wake up uh no matter what time it is um you have a cold glass of water and then you go on a run no, like how many miles do you run for? Just a mile. Okay, cool. And if I if I feel good, then I'll just stretch it. Okay, off. got it. Nice. Um, so after this is done, uh, what time do you usually end up going to go train your clients? Uh, dang. feels like such a long time ago, man. <laughs> so for on a like a regular basis, I have my. Uh, usually my first client is at okay, nine. and then I'll be done by one, and then I'm back in the evening time. Usually I have one or two clients in the afternoon, but mainly morning. 
and late evening. Okay. And uh, I know every trainer is a little bit different when it comes to this. Do you prefer morning clients or evening clients? Um, no, no, no real preference okay. there. Yeah. And uh, do you train mostly Korean clients? Uh, no. Actually, I don't. I only have, I have three Korean clients. Mainly Caucasian. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, mainly um, Caucasian. So, uh, so you kind of told us about your lifting story, um, you know, how you really got into that. Um, I was... Uh, I was doing some scrolling on your Instagram this morning, and um, uh, are you friends with uh, Joe Manji? Yes, oh, I that's am. cool. That's cool. He's uh, he's pretty. Yeah. Um, and Aaron Chung. Okay. Yes. I mean, I don't really know these gentlemen um, personally, but I, I definitely seen them around. They're pretty quite uh, notable figures in the Korean lifting community. I would definitely say. Yeah, definitely active on social yes. media too. Great people. Um, were these your like? Were either of these guys your original lifting partners? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit of time lifting with uh, uh, Joe. Okay. I spent uh, maybe like a solid two, two, three years with Aaron. Okay. That was every day we were lifting together. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite body part that you like to train? Uh. There's like a, a pros and cons to every, you know. I try not to think about that because I, I I do tend to get like I have an obsessive personality. <laughs> but if I get if I get stuck on one, I have like laser focus on just that, and I start neglecting the other stuff. So I just try to treat everything got it equally. You know, it's so funny that you bring up the um, the addictive thing. Um, I just feel like a lot of times that, you know, people that are really into fitness, working out, um, one common thing that I see a lot, even for myself, is a super addictive personality. Um, you know, I, I used to be super overweight, and mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, that really is it's a food addiction, you know, uh, as to where that stems from, that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, you know, being overweight, is caused by being addicted to food. And I feel like, you know, the transition of being addicted to working out it is just a replacement of, of that addiction. And I've seen that with myself and so many other people in the gym. They'll come in super overweight. They start getting some results and like, wow, like they, they just, they just run with it and they don't stop. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what else are you, what other good things are you addicted to in your life? Uh, man, just the good stuff. <laughs> or, or bad stuff. Uh, I only say that because I have my vices too, you know. I, I do enjoy my alcohol. Everyone that knows me, okay. I, I've been drinking. Likewise here, man. <laughs> Likewise here. Um, <laughs> I, I, love, uh, I love whiskey. Um, mm, same here. I love my soju. Um, I kind of go through like periods. Uh, sometimes I'll like, I'll be willing to beer for about a month and then like maybe for the next two weeks, it might be whiskey and then, you know, I come back to soju or whatnot. But uh, yeah, man, I definitely like my, uh, my, uh, my booze too, man. Um, do you like to eat when you drink as well too? Do you like some anju? Uh, no, not really. I have my, I have my, um, like big meal before okay. and then I'll just... I'll just start the drinking. I, I won't usually eat. Maybe a little after, but not during. Oh, okay. I personally like to uh, yeah. drink any at the same time, but uh, I've definitely seen all angles where some people are like, oh, like, I don't need to eat. I'm just going to go straight to drinking. Um, I'm more like, I want to drink while I eat. And then yourself is more like, hey, I'll have a meal, chill for a little bit, and then I'll start drinking. Yeah. It's, um, I guess that's just the way I learned alcohol. I just picked it up from my dad. Okay. He'd always, we'd always go out to dinner, and then he would. He actually taught me alcohol, how to drink. You know, is that a saying in American culture? You know how Koreans be like, you have to teach your kids alcohol. Oh, and, uh, I think the phrase is. Uh, is that a universe? Uh, you you should learn how to drink from your dad. I think that's the Korean uh, way to say it. And yeah. um, mm -hmm. 
No, I don't think that's an American thing. That's that's definitely no, not, it's an not universal, thing. right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I so. think uh, this one time, uh, my family doesn't really drink. Uh, I only have one consumption. He's kind of like the the party guy, and so mm-hmm. he always kind of <laughs> gets a little shitted on. <laughs> but uh, this one time, uh, I think it was a, one of the very first times I ever drank in front of my family, and uh, he gave me a shot of soju, and I think I just one shot it, and he goes, ah. See, you definitely went the wrong way. <laughs> That's not how you're supposed to drink. <laughs> so uh, I did the whole like two hand thing, the you know, uh, hand mm-hmm. away from the face thing. But uh, you yeah. know, I, I guess he's like, no, you, you're supposed to sip on soju. I was like, oh, I had no idea. But I still have that habit till this day. So I guess that won't really stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do you like? Yeah. Do you have any other vices minus drinking? Um. Dang, phone games, dude. Phone games. Wow, sounds like my girlfriend. <laughs> That's crazy. I, you know, like I see my girlfriend, because she's addicted to like phone games. Okay. I always tell her, I'm like, you know, you spend so much time on the phone, but I, I catch myself doing it too. Oh, you know? really? Wow, okay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, cause... So I'll open it, I'll play, I'll just get stuck there for like 30 minutes. What is, uh, what's like your favorite minutes. phone game? Like the one that you're playing right Clash now? Clash of Clans. What's up? Clash of Clans? I like those strategy Clash games where you're clans. building towns. Okay. Yeah. What do you like about video games? Um, just like the strategy, just building something. Okay. Um, and watching it just kind of flourish. Kind of like, do you like uh like role playing like RPG games? No, I don't. I don't like video games at all. Oh what? Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I couple things that are like super manly that you know every dude is kind of supposed to be into um mm. like they go oh like guys always like video games and they like cars those are two things i just don't give a rat's ass about um mm. and uh, i think back to why and i was like you know korean parents are pretty um you know the whole education thing and like my parents are like super duper strict oh, and yeah. You know, they wanted me to be that, you know, um, like every Korean parent, uh, you know, go to Harvard, just get 1600s on your SATs and, uh, you know, school everybody and come out and, you know, rule the world type of thing. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they really tried hard to get me to be that, but I just I just wasn't that. Um, but in the process, uh, I just really wasn't allowed to watch too much TV or play video games. So I think that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, cool. So, uh, one other thing I want to ask you is: um, Is there a reason why you chose self-made training facility? Uh, nothing in particular, man. Um, I, I actually I did like the facility. I had no intention of going there to train and working there. I actually got invited uh, by a friend of mine. Just to work okay. out. I had a couple of sessions over there. I was like, this place is nice. And I just threw it in the back of my head. And then after a couple of months, I just figured it might have been the better option in terms of that mm-hmm. area. Um, not that I did too much searching uh, as far as the other facilities, but um, it's a very clean Yeah, facility. no, it's a uh, yeah. uh, man. Like, I've, I've definitely seen it online. And then uh, I went to the one in West Covina about three months ago because uh, one of my original Muay Thai coaches is now a trainer there. So, he, you know, he told me to come down and skin a little workout. And I was like, wow, this is such a dope facility. I was like, if there was one in there, I mean, I love my gym right now that I train out of. But if there ever, if I ever had to move and that, you know, self-made training facility was an option, that, you know, it definitely would be my number one on my list. Yeah. Mm. The West Coast. Oh no, one. just just any self-made training facility. I think uh oh, okay. you know, they do a super amazing job in super high tech equipment. Um they have a certain feel to their gym and they're able to replicate that for every location. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned you did um you had a Muay Thai coach. How long were you doing that for? Uh I did Muay Thai for about total in my life, maybe about two years. Yeah, I, I did a little bit here and there. Um, my first love was boxing. Um, I think I stepped into my first gym when I was like 25 or so. Back then, like, nobody was boxing. Like, 
boxing wasn't even a thing and I was like 320 pounds plus overweight and I was going home from work on uh, Mid-Wilshire in LA on Miracle Mile and there happened to be a boxing gym on my way back to work uh, on my way back home and I was like wow like I just thought it was like the coolest thing in the world and more than just working out I was like oh like because you know I was never a jock or I was never an athlete um, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't a nerd. I wasn't a gangster. So I was like, I, I didn't really have like a, like an identity, if you kind of feel me. Um, you think so? I was like, like, what's like the fastest way I could feel like a, like a super manly? And boxing was the answer. Mm-hmm. There just happened to be a gym there. And I asked them if they have group classes. And they said, oh, yeah, we definitely do come try the class. And then that was that. The rest is history, man. Yeah. But. You were hooked after that. Yeah, and I was like super hooked. Um, you know, I also lifted as well too. And I kind of got away from that. I kind of go through like spurts. But um, I, this uh, corona thing uh, got me lifting again, so which I'm super happy about. Um, so, like. That's, that's good, man. You know, just dabble in. It's just, we, we have so much time now. Well. Most of everyone does in, during this quarantine. Yes. Um, yeah, just work on the other stuff that you always neglected. You know, everyone always used to go like, oh, I never had time. Now you have time. No. Now you have time to do anything. That's, uh, that's exactly right, Coach, because um, everyone's, oh, I don't have time. Like, oh, well, here's the time now. So what's what's your excuse now? It's really not to try to shove it in people's faces. And all I'm really saying is, you know, like, let's try to help ourselves first. You know, we're so we're so quick to help other people. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's incredible. But if we want to be more of a service to other people, we need to help ourselves first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when most of your clients come to you, like, do they come to you because of boxing or lifting? Which one usually uh... comes first? Uh, it's kind of weird, man. Like, uh, there'll be a couple months where I only get lifting clients, and then there'll there'll be like a month where it's just like only boxing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't I don't know the, um, you know what's causing that, but yeah, it's it's very random. Okay, um, which one do you very enjoy random. teaching more? Uh, lifting. That's that's my true passion. Boxing, I like doing for okay. myself. Um. Yeah, when I'm, it's a little different teaching boxing for me at least. Okay, and what do you think it is about lifting that you're that you like teaching more than boxing, or is it just pure? There's constant figuring out. It's different for everyone, right? Everyone has different body composition, you know, injuries, um, their level of mind muscle connection. So you kind of have to get pretty creative in. Uh, you know, helping them progress as far as maybe I'm doing this wrong, but as far as boxing goes is, you know, it's pretty black and white. It's either you get it or you okay. don't. Um, there's a certain like set way of explaining to, right. You have your own style, but it's not different for every single person, right. There's just levels of, you know, your skill level where you teach them different on those brackets. But aside from that, you know, you teach a person how to de- a jab, it's going to be the same way you teach another person how to jab, pretty much, right? Um, uh, what do you think? What's your take on that? I, you know, uh, there was this, uh, I'm going to kind of preface this with the story. I think about um, like eight years ago, I was in a boxing gym and uh, this boxing trainer told me that, oh, like, um, you know, a lot of trainers out there pretend to know that they know boxing, but you can't pretend to know how to box. Uh, but then he, as he was teaching his client how to lift, um, which I, you know, cause I had some pretty amazing coaches, um, pro bodybuilders and whatnot. And, um, you know, like I know good form when I see it, uh, which I didn't tell this trainer, he just said, Oh, but we can pretend on how to lift. And I was like, Oh, like that is so not true. I just feel like both are equally amazing arts 
and there are so many different ways no, to absolutely. teach both boxing and lifting. So I think it's just really a just matter of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so total, how many years have you been training? Uh, man, as like career yeah. wise, I'd say a little over two. Okay. Oh. But uh, yeah, I had quite a few years prior to that where people were that, that actually kind of pushed me, gave me that little push to actually pursue this. All the people just asking, oh, can you train me and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. So what were you doing before that? Uh, I worked construction five years and I was in a business. I was doing a little bit. Of, I was in the cannabis industry for a little bit. Okay. That didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. But construction was my bread and butter. Oh, wow. I, I, <laughs> I, I had no idea. Um, is that was were you working for somebody else or did you establish your own business for that as well too? No, no, I was working. I was actually doing the work. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what do you think it is about? I mean, you know, training and fitness is such uh, a big saturated industry. Um, there's competition everywhere. Uh, what do you think it is that people seek you out for? that you know that attracts clients to you uh man it's all nine out of ten clients i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it you know that's how i got started too but everyone um they fantasize about their perfect self but their thinking body just aesthetics and that just they're like oh wow if i could just look like that god but that's not why i do what i do you know, it's more of like a mental, like emotional thing, because that's what it did for me. I want it to touch others that way, not get obsessed with like having big, you know, quads or biceps or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, I could get them there, but it's more that's just like a byproduct of the main prize. The main prize is sharpening, you know, your your morals, your philosophy in life. And how you're gonna apply that with everything else, not just at the gym, because um, it does translate over. No, I, I absolutely agree. I just feel like, you know, um, sometimes in order for us to give them what we want, we have to sell them something else. Um, you know, I just feel like yeah. it's it's such not a sexy thing to sell mental strength or you know mental health. No one gives a shit about that. What's up? <laughs> Most people don't care right, exactly, about that. Exactly, I, but you know, I lost um, quite a bit of clients just preaching that. Oh, uh, I, I could, I could imagine. Um, so mm-hmm. when you started to lose some clients over preaching that, like, did you stick to your guns or did you kind of shift? Um, I wouldn't say I shifted. I just muted that part of it. I just didn't, you know try to sell them on that. It's like, you want to do personal training? I could get you there. And that was it. Got it. I didn't speak too much. On okay. It. Um, and do you have pretty, like, what are your relationships with your clients? Like, is it, is it pretty personal in terms of like, would you like the type of relationship where you can just like, just shoot the shit and text them and stuff? Um, because you guys, are yeah, okay. of course. Because of course. I feel yeah. like um, the one thing that, I see with a lot of other trainers also for myself as well, too, is that, you know, if this is not the main purpose of training people, but I think it's a byproduct of being a good trainer, of being the personal Mm -hmm. trainer, is that, you know, we eventually become friends with them. Yeah, we're we're building relationships. We're growing together. It's not like, hey, I teach you and you grow and we're growing together. Right. And then like once you're out the door, like screw you, like, you know, I'll only see you or talk to you when it's your next session. No, no. I still talk to my um my past clients that's not training with me. I'm still talking bullshit. Oh, that's that's dope. And what do you is you when usually clients leave you, uh what's what's the reason? Uh, when they yeah, leave? is it like it's because they moved or like they didn't like to sell the training? Well, I mean, they, they could train on their own. That's like the main priority of my training. It's not like you have to be with me to get to a certain level. I try to get them, um, you know, well-educated in terms of, you know, technique, form, all that stuff. 
And then at that point, they could just do it on their own. If they want to continue, they can continue. But I let them know at a certain point, like, you don't need me anymore. You could do it on your own. And, you know. Wow, that's um... – And they're good. It's so crazy that you mentioned that, Coach, because, um, you know, I've trained with a lot of trainers, uh, but there was only a few that really made a big impact on me. And um, one of them had said to me, hey, man, um, you know, uh, you don't need me anymore, man. You know, like you're more than capable of training yourself. Um, The only question would be, will you? And, you know, will you have the motivation, desire to do it? But in terms of knowledge, like there's really nothing more I can teach you to, to help you out, man. So um, I think you should stop training with me. I was like, what the fuck? Like who says that? Because <laughs> you yeah. know, because I'm always thinking like, oh, like I kind of had like a bad taste about trainers. Like, oh, they just always want to just you know rip me apart for more sessions, and you know, like they're just out to get mm-hmm. me uh, instead of really trying to help mm-hmm. me. But that's the first time I really. Um, that I really kind of felt and realized, oh shit, this is what really personal training is all about. It's not for them to be reliant on me forever, but it's more like, hey, let me get to a point where they can self-sustain themselves. And if I had done that, then I've really done my job. Yeah. Um, Of course, you know, you're creating that launch pad so they could get to that other launch pad, you know? A lot of the trainers, they get stuck in, like, I know everything. I'm the best trainer out there. But, you know, no one's the best nope. trainer, man. There's always stuff Absolutely. to learn. And so for a new trainer out there that is listening to this, and they're probably thinking, like, get the fuck out of here. They're just trying to say some, like, really warm shit just to make people feel good. But uh, mm-hmm. if there's a newbie trainer out there listening to this, what would you tell them is, can you still make money and have with that same, with the philosophy as I want to train them to a point where they don't need me. Um, well, if, man, if I could say one thing, just as much as time you're spending on, you know, with your clients, you should be spending that exact amount of time working on your craft. And you'll understand what, you know, what I'm trying to say, what we're trying to mm-hmm. say here. Um you don't know until you start, you know, really digging into your database and how much you know. And then you'll realize, like, okay, maybe I don't know much at all. Oh, man. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I recently got myself a coach, too. Um, and the thing that really kind of keeps me pushing is every day I realize how much more I need to learn. You know, instead of being yeah. like, oh, like, I know everything. Like, no, like, I still feel like I'm day one every day. You know, mm-hmm. um, okay, cool. Yeah. And um, what is like the most rewarding? It is if you have one moment in your training career that ah, like this moment keeps me going. Do you have one of those? Uh, just it's it's always a small shit, right? Yep, um, it's okay. Like, yeah, just give me one small thing that. You know, when you're having a shitty day, you go, oh, like, this This is what I train people for. Like, this is why I do what I do. Just those small texts, man. From my old clients, my current mm. clients, yeah. they shoot me a text. I'm like, this and this happened, and the training has something to do with that. Or you had something to do with that. That fucking drives me. That sets me up for the rest of the week, bro. And is it usually a training thing or a life thing? Uh, Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that sounds cliche. No, uh, we hear it all the time. Like, oh, this is why I do what I do, but that's literally what yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, the answers don't always have to be complicated. And usually, the answers in life in general are pretty simple. It's just, are we doing it or are we not doing it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Since we are both Korean, um, I want to ask you, uh, so you grew up mostly in the OC area. Um, do you come out to K-Town often in LA? Yeah, occasionally okay. I do. Yeah, maybe once a month. I have a few friends over there that I'll go up to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're pretty familiar with the uh, the LA K-Town culture? Yes, so, I am. So, um, 
what would you say is different about growing up as a Korean in the OC versus LA? I spent most of my childhood in Gardena. Um, When I came to OC, um, I I feel like it could, uh, I'm sure you heard this too before, but kind of like a a watered down K-Town vibe. (laughs) Not much different, man, to be honest. Not much different. Yeah. Uh, would you say there is a, yeah. and how old are you right now, Paul? I'm 30. Shit. I, I did, I, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm 31 right now. I'm turning 32 this okay, year. Okay, cool. Um, so funny. Um, uh, my birthday was, was it like last week? Yeah. I, some, oh, shit. Happy thank belated, you. Thank man. you. Um, I think somebody asked me how old I was. I was like, I don't know. I lost count, but I think I'm 37, <laughs> or I know I'm definitely 37. I might be 38. I'm not quite sure. Right on. <laughs> so basically, the, the vibe is pretty similar. Yeah. Um, do you spend Do you spend a little bit of time in OC? Um, no, uh, almost never. Almost never. Have you heard the saying, K-Town lives in a bubble? Um, I've never heard that, but I can, no, but I definitely can see why people say that though. Cause it is the same thing for us. Yeah. Like you can never, like if we never left K town, like we're good, you know? Um, what was that? Yeah. Not much different in OC, man. I don't feel like I was, um, What's your favorite Korean foods? Like, give me like three of your like, like if you were like legit gonna drop that tomorrow, <laughs> and you can have like three Korean meals. Like, what would those meals be? Ooh, I like kopchang. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I gotta have my kopchang. Tenjangshige oh. is a staple. I gotta have. <laughs> amen, brother. Amen. Um, what about yeah, one more? <laughs> okay. Gotta okay. Have it, so, yeah. so we're pretty similar. We we like we like the chige. Uh, we we like the kogi, uh, yeah. and we like the booze. <laughs> gotta gotta. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, let's see. Um, it, as a trainer, um, I just have a couple more questions for you. As a trainer, are there any other trainers that you look up to, um, that motivate you or that you know helps to give you more value in your training um you know i don't spend um maybe i should be spending a little more time with other trainers but uh yeah i reserve most of my time just you know working on myself like i tend to like kind of get lost into like if i look at other people and be like hey what are they doing and i start wasting a lot of time thinking about like Mm -hmm. what are they doing that you know that could help me as, as far as you know improving my craft but it becomes more of like an envious thing right okay um, and um for you know for a new trainer out there uh when you say work on your craft um could you kind of unpack that for us like practically if this trainer listens to this right mm-hmm. now and he's like and you said hey you got to work on your craft and he's like, okay, so how how do I do that? It's more like just develop your your technique, your own style of training. You know, it's a lot of trial and error is the best lesson learned. Mm. Um, and research, a lot of research. You know, the the human body. You know, we know a lot, but at the same time, we really don't know much either. So there's new information constantly coming out. Um, are there a couple resources that you always look to? No, nothing in particular. So I'll just um, like well-researched studies. I'll cross-reference, and then if it, if it's something like viable, then I'll start incorporating it into the training myself. So let's just say you hopped on the computer, mm-hmm. you're on Google. Like, what are you typing in? Uh. It really depends on a day-to-day basis. Say something like I. Okay. Like I trained someone and then I just had no idea of what that could be. And I'll research and then we'll start. Um, it's not, I most times, more times than not, 
I won't end up with the answer that I was looking for. I'll end up on some like random shit and I'll end up learning something, which is still <laughs> beneficial regardless, but okay. know, that's what usually happens. Got it. Cool. Um, and very lastly, uh, uh, I think the reason why we do what we do um, is basically to help other people's lives and help impact them in a positive way um, what is one positive mantra that you carry with you on a daily um, that you can share with the people out there? Mm. Virtues over vices. Sounds simple enough, but... Vir- virtues over vices? We, yeah, on a day-to-day, you know, we're, we're constantly looking for instant gratification. Yes. Right? Constantly, like even even when I like I wake up, I'm like, okay, make sure I stick to my virtues and stay away from the vices. But I catch myself doing it. It's just like human nature. It's just natural for us to be like, okay, I want to feel good. I'm gonna eat this fucking donut or something like that, right? <laughs> it's yep. hard to stay looking far ahead and then just stick to it all the time. Sometimes that like you know, there's stuff in the middle that kind of blurs that vision on the angle, and you end up going, okay, I need something to get me going right now. But okay, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, I don't know if you listen like Dave Goggins, but he's always, I oh, know it. I'm sorry. Uh, do you listen to Jocko Willink at all? Uh, fuck. sounds so familiar. Did... Uh, you know, he, he's uh, after he got in the Joe Rogan podcast, he got Didn't pretty he famous. Write he used a to be book? a Navy SEAL commander, but basically, he has a saying, yes, uh, I believe his book is called uh, Extreme Leadership, Extreme Ownership. Yeah, I, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, and you know, he always says that you know, uh, uh, discipline is freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have, and you couldn't be any, any more right. Um, cool. And very lastly, you said, "What is the end goal?" Because you said you keep talking about, um, you know, I need to stick to stick to my guns to get to my goal. Like, what is that goal that you're that changes, to? man? Sometimes day to day, it changes. It's just setting the goal is the important part. It doesn't matter what the goal is. Most times it's just. The, so do you have a daily goal? a daily goal? Yeah, no, I just or just it all first depends. thing is first thing is drink that water and go on that run. And it sets me up usually for the rest Got of the day. It's always the small things to set you up and, for the big things, right? Got it. And how many times a week do you do that? Uh, every day except Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Is there a reason I, for that? I like to hit the bag on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Switch cool, it up. Cool. I can't. I yeah, can't do uh, that. Like uh, fucking. You know, repetitively. She drives me crazy. Got it. But some version of that mm-hmm. is important. Of course. Got it. Yeah, I super miss hitting the bag because uh, I haven't hit a bag in Jesus Christ like months. That must be um, so. And I was thinking about investment, <laughs> but I was like, uh. I don't have enough space in, in the place that I'm at. So, yeah, it's all good. Um, anything else you'd like to add that I haven't asked you, Coach? Uh, no, man. I just uh, I appreciate you having me on here. For sure. For yeah. sure. And uh, we'll definitely talk again. We'll run it back. And, uh, you know, uh, let, let's keep uh, having a positive impact. Sounds good, brother. It was a pleasure. Good. Talk to you later, Pope. Coach. All right.